business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. And today is a unique day. It is a day that I don't think I would see in my lifetime. It's a day that I didn't think I would be able to turn around and say I'm watching history being made right in front of me, unfolding hour by hour, day by day, week by week, our lives changing, our social interaction changing, the world changing. Yet, at the same time, in a funny and a macabre way, everything stays the same because life goes on, people change, people adjust. I'm talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about the virus has just hit the world and has now come to South Africa in a very serious way, and we have taken very strict measures, and we are taking more stringent measures as time goes by to ensure that our population is safe. But from a business point of view, we have seen a massive drop on stock markets across the world. There is an effect of biz- in, on business. There is an effect on movement of people, etc., etc. We have seen economies like Italy, economies like Israel, We've seen economies, certain parts in the States, definitely China, really being severely affected. But the most important thing is to get the knowledge so that we are equipped with the information and the facts so we can make informed decisions. And therefore, I turn to somebody who I've turned to many, many times over the years. Wayne McCurry, welcome back to Chai FM. Thank you very much, Abby. Great. Wayne, I didn't think I'd be asking you this question, but we've got half an hour. I know we're on a cell phone line, and once again, thank you for your time. But sure. let's go through it piece by piece. Let's start at the very beginning. Are we going to have an absolute collapse? Are we going to have hordes of wild animals running through cities, decay, things falling apart? Or are we just going to get through this like we've got through 9-11, 2008, 2009, etc., etc.? Look, Avi, I mean, the future is unknown. No one knows what the future holds, and that's quite normal in, in anything, you know, as we, as we well know. But we do have the past to refer back to. Now, of course, the future might not be the same as the past, and that's one of the big problems of any uncertainty is that in unknown, uncertain times, you are going to get fed all sorts of information from all sorts of places and sources. And a lot of it is just going to be scary information and, quite frankly, false news and disinformation. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to the future, but let's just take a step back and say, what has happened in the past, and we can go back 100 years, we can go back 500 years, we can go back 4,000 years. The world has faced many, many crises in the past. People, the economy, the world has come through all of these crises. And to be honest, 10 years later, you can virtually not even remember it as far as financial markets are concerned. So... If we look at the most recent crashes, 2008, 2002, 97, 92, 87, at the time, and this is the psychology of, let's call it bear markets, or let's just call it what its true name is, panic. In the psychology of panic, you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
you cannot see anything that's going to change the current circumstances. The current circumstances are just going to continue deteriorating and the world as we know it has come to an end because that's the psychology of panic or the bear market. Now, those feelings were exactly the same for completely different reasons. And that's another thing I would like to mention. I'll come back to that. That feeling of panic was the same in all the other market corrections, in all the other market collapses. You feel helpless, you feel destitute, you feel your wealth has been wiped off, you're never going to recover. And now, the 2008 and all the other ones I've mentioned are almost academic exercises for people in the investment world because they're gone. They're, they're finished. They're behind us. The, the economy recovered, the share market recovered. So you've got to understand the psychology of a bear market or panic. The day the world, the day the news is the worst, the day that everything feels about to come to an end, as we know it, as I said before, is literally the worst news you're going to get is the day before it turns better. Because that's how news works. You know, don't try and look for good news in this environment. Don't try and look for what's going to give you the, re the recovery. Don't look for what's going to stop the rout in the share market. Don't look for it because you're not going to find it. You're going to be completely and utterly surrounded and swamped and drowning in bad news and disaster stories and catastrophe stories, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's the first point. Understand the psychology of panic and the bear market. Wayne, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, what I want to ask you is that are we going to have a shutdown of economy, which will therefore actually have a real effect on the markets, an effect on world trade, not just a correction. Economies are going to slow. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. It's exactly 12 minutes past 12. And on the line with us is Wayne McCurry, and we're discussing the current situation that we find ourselves in. Wayne, you just explained very, you know, very concisely the whole psychology of panic. But on the, on the realistic side, are we not having a scenario here where businesses are shutting down, economies are actually being throttled and, and uh, starved? Whereas before, you know, we had corrections, but yet people went to work, things happened. But here we've got things actually just slowing down and shutting down. Will that have not have a long-term effect? In previous cor corrections, there's been an economic problem. In other words, <coughs> the world's economy went into a recession and the stock market reacted to that recession. This time around, it is different, but it may actually be a positive difference. Because before the virus struck, the world's economy was actually in reasonably good shape, i.e. debt levels, specifically consumer debt levels worldwide, were not excessive. So, of course, the virus is going to have an effect on the economy and a very negative effect. But the underlying economy is actually in a better condition to withstand that than what it has been in previous correction. Well, that's really fundamental because ultimately, you know, if we're not having to service a lot of debt, that means that one can withstand a longer drought period of low cash flow. But 
are we not going to get to a point where certain certain businesses are going to get just wiped off the face of the of, of the map? You know, I'm, yes. I'm thinking of smaller businesses. If, for example, you go to north of Italy, the restaurant business, the tourism business, the, these things have just been decimated. Is that going to have yes. a knock-on effect to airlines to travel? Yes, that's quite correct. There will be a massive knock-on effect on all of this. I mean, no one's going to come out of this unscathed. But there's two. Let's call it mitigating factors. And the first one is there is absolutely no chance anywhere in the whole world of inflation. In fact, deflation is more of a risk. In other words, central governments, a government central banks are going to throw money at this problem, probably in unprecedented levels. We've already seen the U.S. has cut interest rates to zero. They're pumping in 700 billion free money in liquidity into the system, and every country in the world is going to follow this pattern, including South Africa. So we won't go to zero, but we are going to see material interest rate cuts. Irrespective of any other domestic considerations, with oil at 50, there's no inflation in South Africa. You know, oil, you know, the inflation rate is going to come down, and there is just no demand at all. So you will see a lot of money being thrown at this problem worldwide, and it's going to amount, I mean, the 2008 crisis, depending on how you measure it, there was probably $15 trillion worldwide liquidity injected into the system, and we're going to see something similar to that in this. So, in other words, if, as what's happened in Italy, Banks have been said you can't foreclose on a mortgage bond because a person person can't pay because they're not earning an income because of the virus. Essentially, we'll sort you out. We'll give you the money. So this is going to happen. There's going to be a massive injection of liquidity, low interest rates, free money, quantitative easing, whatever you want to call it, is happening and will continue to happen at a massive level. I mean, I would not be surprised if, is it tomorrow or Thursday, our Reserve Bank cuts interest rates by a full 1%. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to cut half a percent. But I'm not surprised if they cut a full 1%. And this is only the start of interest rate cuts. So that's the first mitigating factor. Right. There's no inflation worldwide. You can throw literally as much money as you want to at this problem. And the second one, very quickly, is the, the economy's got to carry on working because if it doesn't carry on working, we will have famine. We will starve to death, which is way worse than the virus. So at some point the level of shutdown of the economy has got to stop because the supply chain, specifically with food, but also with food and medicine and a whole lot of absolute essentials, cannot grind to a halt because that would be worse than the virus. So, don't, so you also have to understand that restaurants might grind to a halt, public functions might grind to a halt, sports events might grind to a halt, but the fundamental underlying economy cannot grind to a halt because then you would have consequences Far more catastrophic than the virus itself. I think that's exactly the the, the the outlook that I was trying to get my head around as to where's where's this thing going to level, where's this going to settle down. But Wayne, one thing that I'm seeing a lot on the SMS line, and I've had untold amount of calls, obviously about it, is what's about my investment? What's yes. happening with my money? And um, my aunt says often, look, I'll look at it and I'll let you know, but I've got yeah. to go through every client. But if you, unless you're sitting in money market, 
no matter if you've got your baby toe in the market, you're going to be affected. But yes. am I correct in saying that this is really a a big case of fuss bait? Just waiting it out because yes. fundamentals are there. Yes, certain industries will come off. I see properties really taking a knock, but ultimately it will come right. Yes, entirely correct. It doesn't matter what's causing the problem. This time around, it's a virus. In previous occasions, it was an economic issue. But the world is a dynamic place because we as humans have survived for, I don't know, 500,000 years without killing each other or being eaten or the virus killing us. So we've been around for about 500,000 years, and we will still be around in 10 years' time. The world can adapt. Economies can adapt. And we've seen plenty of corrections before, and I think I'd like to stress that. A market correction is actually a very normal market occurrence. It happens regularly between 8 and 12 years. This one's taken 10 years before, you know, since the last correction. So market corrections, whatever the reason, and each time around it's different, by the way, market corrections are such a fundamental part of how the share market works that you are going to lose somewhere between 30 and 50% of your money in a very, very short time, every 8 to 12 years. That's exactly how it works. So what's happening now as far as the share market is concerned is, in fact, entirely normal. Now, as I've said a few times, I don't know the future, but if you look at the past, within the next three to five years, you've either made all your money back, and on the best occasion, you've made triple your money back from where the level was before the market fell. So... If you haven't lived through a bear market before, it is a terrifying thing. The worst thing you can do with your personal money, in my opinion, and I might be wrong because I don't know the future, but my opinion and my experience is the worst thing you can do as an investor is panic and sell at the bottom or somewhere near the bottom or sell when there is chaos and mayhem and panic around you. You will do significant damage to your retirement and your personal life. Wayne, let's change change track and let's talk about the positive, the opportunities that are there. Before we do that, I just quickly need to run to an advert break. I'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 20 minutes past 12 and on the line with us is Wayne McCurry. Wayne, everybody in their lifetime turns around and says, I should have. There was a golden opportunity. Yes. If only I would have. Are we sitting on that time right now? We possibly are, and we're possibly close to the bottom. By the way, no bell rings when you're at the bottom of the market. There's no ringing bell that tells you at the bottom of the market, or at the top, by the way. <laughs> so you've got to look. we can only look back on one thing, and that is long-term fundamental valuations of the market. And, of course, that, that assumes that at some stage normality returns. Of course, if normality doesn't return, then this doesn't work at all. But let's just assume at some stage in the next one year, two years, three years, some form of normality returns to the world. And I think that's a fair assumption to make, by the way. Then you can say, right, normally I buy, take property shares for an example. Normally I buy property shares where the yield is 9%. Now you can buy them when the yield is 15%. Let's take government bonds. Normally you buy government bonds, a good yield is 4% above inflation. Now you can buy government bonds at oof, 
almost 8% above inflation. Then you can go back and say, right, let's take banking shares. Banking shares in South Africa look quite cheap at 4% dividend yield. Maybe 5% dividend yield, they look quite cheap. You can buy them at 7 8% dividend yields now. So in other words, shares are cheap, but you're scared to buy because you're only hearing chaos and mayhem and panic and people are buying toilet rolls and you can't get too scared, you're going to starve next week because there's no food left in the shops. Food's not the problem. Toilet paper's the problem, Wayne, not food. Toilet paper's the problem, not food. That's the crisis. Toilet paper, I can't (laughs) understand that. I don't get that. But anyway, but you've got to understand that things are only cheap when there's bad news around because if there wasn't bad news around, things wouldn't be cheap. So don't for a moment think you're going to get this golden opportunity to buy shares or assets seriously cheaply and the world's going to be okay. Because these buying occasions only happen when you feel the world is collapsing around your ears and it will never, ever, ever be the same again. And the world, to quote you as you said earlier on, the world as we know it is changed and finished and gone and will never be the same. Because that's when the opportunity arises to buy shares because that's when they're cheap. But again, you know, once again, stress, I've got no ways at all of knowing the future. Maybe this time around, the future will never return to normality. I've just got no idea. But what I do know is, on every single previous occasion, including the Spanish flu, including world wars, including economic collapses, including whatever other catastrophe we've had in the past, the world has recovered and has returned to some form of normality within, quite frankly, a reasonably short time frame. You know, whether short is in investment, three, three to five years is relatively short. Terrible when you stick through it every day, but three to five years is relatively short. And maybe as a last comment, stock markets value the output of the world's economy into perpetuity. Stock markets value essentially profits forever. So can you make a conclusion that the virus has wiped out 40% of the world's economic output forever? Because that's what the stock market valuation is telling you now. And even in the most negative scenario, I cannot see, it might wipe it out in, in one month or one quarter or one year or two years, but it doesn't wipe it out into perpetuity. That's my view. And, and that's backed up what you said earlier, is that at the end of the day, people will survive. They have survived. We've been through worse. It's just a matter of going forward. And for now, what I'm really liking about um, the leadership around the world, maybe Britain's a little bit late to get on the caboose over here, but everybody's talking the same tune. Everybody's using similar protocols. There's no scraps about how things should be done. And the, the whole notion is let's nip this thing in the bud as quickly as we can. And of course, you must, you must understand, until a cure is found, all you're doing is delaying the spread of the virus, which is a good thing because your health system can't cope with a sudden spike. So right. all of these things just delay the spread. It doesn't eliminate the virus. So you're just you, you prolonging the peak. You're extending the peak so that the healthcare system and people who make face masks and sanitizers can somehow keep up with demand. So all you're doing is delaying the spread so that the virus only stops when one of two things happen. If you get sick and you survive, then, it, then it's over for you. 
before there's a cure that's found. And believe me, there is probably an unprecedented level of uh, activity in the world to try and find this cure that we have never, ever seen in our lifetime to try and find a cure, including AIDS and everything like that. I mean, there's never been a true world health crisis in our lifetime. Spanish flu was actually worse, but there's never been a true world health crisis. So believe me, there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people scrambling for a cure, and eventually a cure will be found. So, And it will be fast-tracked. It won't take the normal two years of going through all the regulatory approvals until it gets on your shelf. So, you know, there will be a cure or some sort of containing a medication that will eliminate the risk of serious uh, illness or death from the virus, and that will come out I would think relatively soon, whether that's six months or a year or two months, I don't know. But we, we will get through this. We will survive. No, there's absolutely no doubt. And I think there are definitely vaccines coming out. I know Israel's working on one. I know Trump has thrown a lot of money and made big promises about it. But Wayne, the other thing is that this thing will die. Eventually the flu, this, you know, corona will disappear. It's not here forever. Spanish flu lasted for two years. So it will does have a natural life space to spend yeah. in which it will do. And Dwayne, you know, we humans. If I, I, I'm not an expert on this. I listen to everything as everyone else listens to it. As far as I understand, if 100 people get the virus, 80 survive with with essentially having the flu. They they just have a, 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 an aggressive flu. Another 17 percent get seriously ill, and 3 percent die. And the 3% seem to be isolated to old people, like me, and people with a compromised immune system. So that's the step as I see it. I might be wrong, but that's the step as I see it. Well, Wayne, let's hope that uh, we all, all those who are affected recover very soon. All of us follow protocol. We, we nip this thing in the bud. It disappears and it never comes back. But uh, we will survive. We will come over this. <clears throat> so, and those of you who are looking for opportunity, now is the time. Wayne, as always, thank you so much for coming on Chai FM. So, that was Wayne uh, McCurry, a commentator who's been on Chai FM many, many times, just to give us a perspective as to what's going on. Anyway, Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. Everybody, just please stay, stay, stay safe, stay careful, follow the protocol, and we'll come through this. Thanks so much. Goodbye.